0: Well, we've been in a series called Doing His Will, Part 9. And, you know, I think we I hesitate to say this. You know, if you think you're getting done, and then there's, there's just different facets, and I definitely think I ought to touch on what we're going to talk about this morning in this context. We may be segueing into a new series on this. We'll see. But um, definitely for today, we're going to uh, spend some more time here. Hebrews 13.20, we've, we've read this a number of times just kind of a launch pad. Hebrews 13, 20 says, Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. In the NLT it says, May he equip you with all you need, For doing His will, may He produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to Him. All glory to Him forever and ever. Amen. In the Amplified Classic, verse 21, verse 20 is saying, may the God, may God do this. So may God strengthen, complete, perfect, and make you what you ought to be and equip you with everything good, that you may carry out His will. While He Himself works in you and accomplishes that which is pleasing in His sight through Jesus Christ, the Messiah, to whom be glory forever and ever, to the ages of the ages, amen. So, be, and we, so we've been talking about doing His will in different facets of that, and if you want to go back, listen to those messages, there on YouTube, uh, Facebook, our website, they're on a number of podcasts, Spotify and Apple uh, Podcasts, you can go through and listen to those, um, they're available, but we've been talking and spending some time here about doing the will of God in the earth. And look at the Amplified Classic version of this here. It says, May He strengthen, so may the Lord strengthen, complete, perfect, and make you what you ought to be, and equip you with everything good that you may carry out His will, while He Himself works in you and accomplishes that which is pleasing in His sight. Now, I want you to notice it's saying, we're talk, we've been talking about doing His will, the different parts that we have a part to play in that, of course. I mean, you're, you're yielding yourself to Him. You can choose not to. There's something that God has for each and every one of us to do. He specifically uh, gifted us, equipped us, called us. And, uh, but we have a choice whether we can actually follow Him or not. And so it's about what He wants us to do. It's not about what we want to do. And He already knows what we're going to do, but He doesn't make you do it. We talked about that last week. I just actually, uh, coincidentally this week, my son sent us, uh, sent a, um, there was an example of this. Somebody put it like this. So, you know, people talk about predestination and whether God's, you know, making people do stuff. He's not making anybody do anything. He gave us a free will. However, He knows what you're going to do. Okay, there's two different things. So he knows because he has all knowledge. He knows what you're going to do. And so he calls, he equips with that knowledge. But he, at the same time, you have a free will to do it. But he already knows the ending. And it'd be like this. You, you're watching the recording of a game. Let's say it's football. You're watching a recording. You already know what's going to happen. But those players and the coaches had a free will to make every decision while it was happening. But you, after the fact, know what's going to happen. Now, if you had that knowledge, but see, God doesn't live in time. Time's a construct of this realm. And so God already knows everything that's going to happen. But He gives us a free will to determine what we want to do. So with that knowledge, He didn't do it after the fact. Like, we would have to look at the game after the fact. We don't know it. But if you knew that beforehand, you know, we're going to be careful. We're not talking about betting. <laughs> On the other hand, if you do the outcome, there's illegal stuff. Not going to get into that. But, you know, all kinds of stuff. If you know what's going to happen, it may ch- change some, some people's, let's put it this way, so it's not illegal. If you knew what the stock market was going to do. <laughs> Tomorrow, well, it might change. We'll see, God knows everything. And so He calls people, He equips people based on that. And so just just know, He already knows more than you know. He knows more than I know. He sees the end from the beginning. And so verse 21 says, may He strengthen, complete, and make you what you ought to be. So He knows what we ought to be. Now, notice the way it says it. So we have a, we have a choice. We have, to, we have to respond to Him. We have to give Him our will. But also notice what it's saying. May He strengthen, complete, perfect, and make you what you ought to be. Now this goes without saying he's not gonna make this happen if you don't give him your will. He's not. See, so he's not make he's not calling all the shots on the earth. God is not controlling everything that goes on. He didn't determine what you're gonna have for breakfast this morning. You did. And if you chose what you're going to have for, for breakfast, how many other choices do people make every day that have nothing to do with God? Just look at all the turmoil in the world. God's not the author of that. People making decisions away from God and following uh, influence. Of, there is one called Satan that goes to influence this world and he influences it in all kinds of different ways. You just look at the way the culture is. People have a choice whether they're going to follow God or follow other things, and they make choices all all the time, and so there's lots of turmoil in this earth, and it has nothing to do with God. God did not cause it. That's blasphemy to say He did. God is not the author of evil. He didn't do it. So He didn't make everything happen, and He's not going to make you or me do anything. He's, he, he, he has the power, but he in His infinite power, He gave us a free will. In His sovereignty, He gave you and I a free will. So we have a free will, so we have to submit that to Him, number one. Now, if we're going to go after Him, now it gives Him access into our lives now to do what He wants to do. You, you understand this in just natural things. Somebody can't just take control of your assets, but if you give them authority to do certain things and make certain decisions, they can there's even a power of attorney. You can give somebody the legal right to sign your name and put your stamp on certain things because you gave it to them. They can't just usurp it, not legally. So God is not going to do that. He's not going to take your life over and force you to do something. He's got the power. In His power, He gave you and I the free will. So He's not going to Override himself, he gave it to us. So he watches us and enables us to make the decision, but he already knows what he's gonna what we're gonna do. So he, he calls, he equips, he gives us the opportunity. Everybody in the whole world has the ability to call in the name of Jesus and be saved. Now, whether they're gonna do that or not is up to them. But the Bible says, I believe it's in 1 Corinthians 5, God has already, Jesus has already paid the price for everybody. They have been, we're ambassadors to tell people that they have been reconciled to God, but what do they have to do? Receive it. Just because it's waiting there, you can think something's waiting in an account, waiting for somebody. Somebody could say, I don't believe that. And it could sit there their whole lives, even though they have assets that they could take advantage of. Well, Jesus has has paid for everybody to be saved, but they have to receive it. He's not going to force it. We said this the other week, God has never sent anybody to hell. Somebody will say, why does a loving God send somebody to hell? God's never sent anybody to hell. We were already on the way to hell. We deserve hell. We deserve the same punishment as Satan, as the devil. But God sent Jesus to make a way for us to be rescued from hell. And so he offers the gift. We're on our way to hell. God offers the gift of Jesus. Now, if we believe on him, we don't go to hell. We are, we be, are translated into life and become his child. If we don't, we just go where we we're going to go anyway. It's our choice. God's not sending anybody. He's the one that's the author of life that gave us a way out. So we have a decision to make on whether we're going we're gonna to trust Him and follow Him. We've been talking about that, you know, yielding ourselves to Him, you know, counting His things as higher, doing with our things what He would want us to do, not our own plan. But now recognize and put up that verse in the Amplified Classic again, uh, verse 21, it says, Strengthen, complete, perfect, may He strengthen, complete, perfect, and make you what you ought to be. Now, this is in the context, you're yielding to Him. So we've given Him access. Now He can do this. But notice He's doing th- some things. Make you what you ought to be and equip you with everything good, what, that you may carry out His will. While He Himself works in you and accomplishes that which is pleasing in His sight. So we yield to Him, now He is going to equip us with everything we need to do what He's asked us to do anyway because He called us in what His calling expects that we're going to yield to Him and He's going to give us the ability. And then that He is going to accomplish what is pleasing in His sight. What? He's just going to do that randomly? No, we yield to Him and now He can do it. He gives us His ability to do what he asked us to do. So it's not all up to us to do what he asked us to do. Thank God. So we need to cooperate with him, but then don't get into the ditch that you think now it's all up to you or it's all up to me to do what he's asking us to do. See, religion will tell you, well, you just, this is the way to God. Now you figure it out. We'll see if he accepts you. The gospel says God has already paved the way through Jesus. You have to accept him. And just like you accept him, you're going to have to call on him in your life to, or, and I am to do what he's asked us to do, but it's not in our own strength. He's now going to give us his strength to get what he asked us to do done. And without that, Hit, this will crush you. It will crush me. If we think it's all up to me to do what he's asked me to do when I didn't choose to do it and I'm, I'm yielding to him, but I don't know how to do it, it's not something I choose to do, but now I have to do it all in my own strength, that will flatten you. But if you realize, if I realize God, you're so gracious, you're merciful. I'm not going to do my own thing. You're way smarter than me. You already have it figured out. Now I'm going to yield to you. Now I'm going to do what you tell me to do. I have no idea how to do it. I don't even think I'm good at it. Now I'm going to need your help. Well, good news. He already, that's his plan, is that we call to him, depend on him, and he will equip us and help us to do what he already asked us to do. That's part of it. That's the only way you and I can do it. See, this, Christianity is not a self-help thing where you just go to God as kind of your, you know, self-help person to do what you want to do anyway, or I want to do anyway. It is the kingdom, the highest kingdom in the universe, the Lord Jesus Christ is over it, and we go to Him as Lord and say, Lord What would you have me to do? Now we carry that out and he's going to help us to do what he would have us to do in his kingdom. See, it's not about you and I, it's about him and us doing what he would ask us to do. But he is not unjust to call you to do something and then say, figure it out yourself. He is so gracious and merciful to help us. When we come to him, he's going to grace us to do what he's asked us to do and things that only He could do through us that we couldn't do. That's beyond our resources, beyond our connections, beyond our you know, monetary uh, limitations, beyond you know our, our intellect or skills or training. God's not against training. God's not against education. Just get the right education that you actually need to do what He's called you to do. Education for the sake of education is a waste of time. You realize you could spend decades in school, just learning, but you're actually not accomplishing what he asked you to do. On the other hand, you could do very little uh, training and really utilize that the rest of your life and fully accomplish what he's called you to do. It's all a matter of what you called for. You don't just go. It's not a cookie cutter, and it has nothing to do with what you're naturally gifted at. It has everything to do with what he's called you to do. He'll equip you and tell you and lead you in the training you actually need to do what he's asked you to do. You know, notice, you just look at the Bible, Peter, you know, John, Andrew, these guys were not trained people, yet they were used, ironically, they were used to go to the Jewish people. Paul, or Peter specifically, was used to go to the Jewish people and the trained people. Paul, who was very trained and tried to go to the Jewish people, God had really called him to the Gentiles that know nothing about all the stuff he's trained with but that's not what God called him to do. Now, he was greatly used. He, he, he wrote a good portion of our New Testament, what we call the New Testament. But notice, all the stuff he knew didn't mean anything to the Gentiles. He had to go, God, he had to do what God called him to do. Whereas Peter, trained for nothing, he's a fisherman, doesn't know anything. They said, these guys don't know anything. They said, these are unlearned and ignorant men, Pharisees said, you know, in Acts. But you ain't been with Jesus. And they went and shook the world. But they didn't. They couldn't. They they couldn't look to point to their degrees, or any of their training. But they had the power of God operating. So we want to do what He's called us to do. But it's going to be with His help. Look at Colossians one nine. Read this one too. It says, "For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you." and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Now, how are you going to do that? You and I are going to need to do that, have to do that with His help, like we just read in Hebrews. If we're going to be walking fully worthy of Him, Fully pleasing Him, walking worthy of the Lord—that means walking, you know, in faith, doing what He's called you to do, being fruitful in every good work. You're going to need to do it with His help and with His grace. Let's look at. Uh, let's go to Ephesians verse or chapter two, verse eight. So we want to spend some time talking about this and His help in doing these things. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Now, the way that's worded is important. You actually had you know, our, our tests are not, uh, at, when I went to Rhema Bible Training College, you know, they, they don't make the tests super rigorous, uh, it's more, you know, practically you want to get a hold of things, not, uh, you know, you, you can know a bunch of paper or head knowledge and not actually get a hold of the truth, so it's not rigorous in that, that, that setting, but there was, um, I had one instructor, and this was, uh, this was a question, on one of the tests, I don't remember if it was the Ephesians class or what it was, but anyway, this 8, this verse 8, and it had two blanks, or it had blanks, and I don't remember if it was multiple choice or what, but for by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not through faith you have been saved through grace. It's by grace you have been saved through faith, and if you get that mixed up, it's going to be confusing. So what does this mean? By grace, you have been saved. So it's by the grace of God, it's by His ability, His favor that we've been saved. So in other words, He did that apart from us, but it's through faith. How do you receive what He's done? It's through faith. That's the mechanism. That's the hand that takes what God has done. In other words, if God didn't do it, By His grace, there's nothing to receive by faith. doesn't matter what you believe if you're believing the wrong thing. You realize there's religions in the world where people sincerely believe things that are actually completely incorrect. So their believing doesn't make the thing available. You could believe really, you know... Just with all earnestness, something, you know, people believe it all the time, just any number of examples, something is going to happen to me, you know, later, I'm going to win this, or I'm going to uh, attain this thing. And unless that's grounded in some reality, it doesn't matter how hard they believe it. It's got to be based on something. In, in other words, what determines if it's actually receivable or not is what's behind the thing, not what you believe. Yes. So you, if, if God didn't make things, certain things available, if He didn't make salvation available, we could believe that He did our whole life and end up with nothing. You can't believe beyond actual knowledge of the Word of God and what He actually said. You can't just make stuff up and say, well, I'm going to believe that. You can't just make things up and decide you're going to receive something from God unless it's in His Word. Or He told you specifically by His Spirit, which will always agree with His Word. In other words, you don't make things up and decide you're just going to believe that and it's going to materialize. People get off in the ditch with this and they give a bad name to the Word of God. No, you believe God. Who are you believing? See, here's the key. Why do you believe it? What does that even mean? You believe what? It'd be like if I told you I'm going to pick you up at four o'clock on Saturday. You needed, you had an appointment and you asked me to, to to pick you up, could you give me a ride? And I said, Yeah, and I'll pick you up at four. Now you could believe me. Yes. Because I told you something. Mm-hmm. You could also I think I'm not going to pick you up and get an Uber just in case, you know, backup. But if you believed me, you wouldn't get an Uber. Wait in the wings. You would just believe me and that would be it. Because what, what are you believing? You're believing my word, right? You didn't just pick something out of there. Now, if you decided you have an appointment, same day, got an appointment at, you know, 435, whatever... And you need a ride at 4 o'clock, and you just decided, hey, I'm just going to believe Pastor Jim's going to pick me up. I didn't tell you. You just said, you know what, I just, I'm going to put my faith on this. (laughs) Faith on what? What's faith? What are you believing? You're believing nothing. I mean, you have no basis for that. You have no basis for believing that I'm picking you up. You made that up. You could believe, you could be sincere, and you could be talking about it from whenever you decided that till four o'clock. And then you wonder why it didn't work. Because you just made it up. It wasn't based on anything, right? Yeah, cool. You do realize that's what people do in Christianity all the time. Put the thing that people say they're believing, and did God say it one way or another? If he didn't, it's not going to work, and it's based on nothing. On the other hand, if God told us, now you're not just, it's not you making it happen. You're just believing what God already said he would do. In the case of the ride, you're not twisting my arm. I told you I would do it. Furthermore, I'm not saying this. But if I did say this, anybody that ever needs a ride anywhere, again, I'm not saying this, just call me or text me and I'll be there whenever you need me to be there and take you. If I said that ahead of time, now if I'm good for my word, You need a ride for an appointment. You're like, how am I going to get there? Wait a minute. Pastor Jim said, whoever needs a ride, whosoever needeth a ride and texteth me, I will give a ride to. If if now, if I'm good for my word, you have a ride, you just have to act on it. See, that's like the word of God. That's the Bible. But if you make something up and decide I'm just gonna believe it, you're not in confines of the word and you're out in left field and believing nothing. I'm believing nothing, I'm wrong. You realize people have done that. And then they say, Well, God didn't it didn't work, or that stuff doesn't work. That's just that's not the word of God. We have to stay in the confines of the word of God. And believe what he said. So here it says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. So by grace, God, see God by his grace provided salvation. And so we believe then on what he said, whoever will call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever, whoever believes in his heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead confesses Him as Lord, will be saved. So God said that. Now what do you have to do? See, that's the grace that put that there. What do we have to do? Believe it, act in faith, do what He said, and now we'll have what He already said. So His grace is what enables us or makes the possibility for us to receive something by faith. So it's the same thing with the plan of God for our lives See, he's already determined what that plan is. He's already uh, made the pathway possible. His grace, his enablement is waiting in the wings. What do we have to do? Go to him and say, all right, Lord, I'm going to do what you would have me to do. I'm going to step out. I'm going to believe, even though I don't know how to do this, even though I don't feel qualified, I'm going to do it. And now what? His, gra- that makes, his grace is already available. It, that faith, then, you're pulling on what he said. What we read in Hebrews... When he said he would equip you with all you need and he would to do his will, he would produce in you uh, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him, that is waiting. That's his grace. What do we do? We act on that and say, you said, so now his grace enables us to do it. His grace equips us to do it. His grace accomplishes what is pleasing in his sight. What do we do? We're, we're working with him. So, see, you can't do it by yourself. You can't save yourself, and you can't fulfill the plan of God by yourself. You have to trust Him, but His grace is what's going to make it possible. And so grace, in this context, we need to know that because otherwise it just becomes complete works. Now, the Bible tells us to do good works. The good works are in reaction to what He's done, not as a way to get what He has already done. They're a reaction to what he's done. We're not saying, now, in this context, he's already already determined what he wants us to do and said he would help us to do it. Now, we don't do works to try to get him to do what he already said he'd do. No, he said he would help us. But because he said he would help us and because he's so good and we're so thankful, we're going to carry out his will and do those things because of what he's done and because he's helping us not to get something from him. Do you see those the, this two things? We're not trying to get God to do something He already did, and we're not, we're not trying to earn salvation or earn a good place with God. We're, we're walking these things out because He's so good, and He'll enable us to do it. But that doesn't do it. Again, two ditches. You don't go, well, it doesn't matter what we do. It absolutely matters what we do. Hello. I mean, if you go and just, if you do something really stupid, like go rob a bank tonight, I guarantee you, you know, or Monday when they're open, or do something illegal. (laughs) It is going to affect your life. It doesn't matter what we do. The Bible says sin, the wages of sin is death. On the other hand, it's not all up to us everything to do that. It I have to do all these things in order to get from God. See, those are two ditches. It is God is a good God, has provided salvation, has provided everything we need. If we'll trust him, believe him, do what he said, we'll have what he said. And you want to live as holy as you know how to do and and where you're at because it's going to be a benefit to you and the people around you but you're not earning something from God. It is good for you. It is good for God. And you wouldn't want to, bla- you wouldn't want to bring a bad reproach to Him anyway to say, oh, it just doesn't matter. I'm going to go live like this. That is destroying credibility with everybody around you and giving a bad name to God or me, whoever we do. that. That's... That's a ditch. We don't want to do it. On the other hand, thank God for His grace because if you set yourself up that you're going to walk perfectly and do everything completely right in order to get anything from God, you're not going to get anything. Number one, you're in pride. I'm in pride because there are so many things as we walk on. Have you ever gone to a, you know, you get a certain point you thought you were doing really well in an area and then you realize, oh my goodness, I could do so much better. Thank God for the grace of God. Well, we, we, we can, we're only responsible for what we see, what we understand, what we see. But when you see things, aren't you so glad He's there to help us and to bring us up? It's not to excuse sin. It's not to excuse things that we don't. If you, if you mess up, then you bring it to the Lord and you repent of it as quickly as, as you can immediately. But thank God that He helps us to do what He wants us to do. Look at this in a couple other uh, versions. Ephesians 2.8 in the Amplified Classic says, For it is by free grace, God's unmerited favor, that you are saved, delivered from judgment, and made partakers of Christ's salvation through your faith. And this salvation is not of yourselves, of your own doing. It came not through your own striving." but it is the gift of God. In the message, it says, now God has us where he wants us with all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It is God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing. So it's the same in every area. It's the same with being saved, and it's the same as we live out our lives. When we realize that we are the body of Christ, we're His hands, His feet, His mouth on the earth, and that it's Him ministering and and doing what He wants to do through us, and the more we yield to Him, the more He's going to be able to do, then He gets the glory, because it wasn't our idea anyway, and we didn't think we could do it anyway, but we yielded to Him, and then there are good results coming forth, and it's actually Him ministering through us, and so we honor Him. The more we realize that, the more we'll take the pressure off ourselves and realize it's God, and it's His grace I believe him, I do what I know to do, but at the end of the day, I couldn't do what he does, and so I can just flow with what he's wanting to, because it's him, uh, he's the one ministering in the first place. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, this is the Apostle Paul, it says, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, this is God speaking to Paul. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. So, God is saying to, to Paul, My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my firmities or weaknesses that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses, what for Christ's sake, that what, for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. In other words, when I'm pushed, when I see that I can't do something, God's strength is more than sufficient to help me to do what I need to do. Uh, in, the, in 2 Corinthians twelve nine, in the Amplified, it says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and mercy are more than enough, always available regardless of the situation, for my power is being perfected and completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness." Therefore, I will most gladly or all the more gladly boast of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may be completely enfold me and dwell in me. In the CEV, it says, but he replied, my gift of undeserved grace is all you need. My power is strongest when you are weak. So if Christ keeps giving me his power, I will gladly brag about how weak I am. In other words, you're not bragging about how great you are and how much you have and that you know and that you have the connections or whatever. You're saying, this is the Lord. I'm just yielding to Him. I'm just doing what He would have me to do. And even though, yeah, I don't, I don't have knowledge in this area or like I'd want to, or I feel like i I'm, you know, this isn't the path I would choose I just because I'm weak. Well, now what do you, how are you going to get through? You're going to have to trust him. And so then who's going to get the glory? Well, it's not your idea. Yeah. You didn't figure it out. You're not going to say, yeah, that was, that was my five-year plan. That was all me. You're going to say, I didn't see that coming. I mean, I didn't see that situation coming. All I did is Lord, you want me to do. Okay. Now don't, you don't turn your brain off and do something just stupid or, or against common wisdom unless it's God, you don't, you don't throw out what is normal unless it opposes what God has said. And the bigger decision it is, the more you need to know it's God. We don't need to go off half-cocked and just be like, well, this is the Lord, and just run along, and then, boom, it blew up what well, wasn't God. On the other hand, you could do something that looks like Now, I've been around for a long time. This this is not what you'd normally do, but, man, I've been waiting on this three, six months, three months, six months, and this won't go away. I believe I'm supposed to do this. Could that be true? Could God lead you in a way that doesn't look conventional but be right? Go back to 2020, right before everything shut down. Were there things, just look back, Was there things that God could lead a person to do that looks like, why would I do this, but in context of what happened in the world, how it's changed, would absolutely, absolutely look like a brilliant move? Yes. Well, we don't know tomorrow, but God does. Now, don't try to make those things happen. Don't try to just go make something up and just be like, well, this might just be... God. It, it, the bigger it is, the more time you spend knowing it's the Lord... And if it's something that you would be like generally this is not how I'd go well there's there's stuff that can work that way but you need to know that's God that's not necessarily the way you would always do it but the bottom line is that we trust him and we do what he would call us to do and what he would ask us to do and when we're weak then he's strong we trust him and we trust his grace we trust his ability so several just uh comments, or I wouldn't say definitions, but just comments about grace when we're talking about it in this context. Grace is everything I will ever need to do what He's called me to do. Grace is everything I will need to do what what God, what He's called me to do. His grace is sufficient. Grace is God's ability working in me and for me that which I could never accomplish on my own. By grace, through faith, where you say, well, you couldn't save yourself. I couldn't save myself. So grace is God's ability working in you and for you, that which you can never accomplish on your own. Uh, God, when we say by grace through faith, re- that's reaching out to God with our faith to accept everything God has already provided for us through His grace. So when he's saying what we he's going to equip us to do what we ought to be, he already knows what we ought to be. So he's, go, he's already provided the pathway to do that path. And so the grace there is already, the grace is already there to accomplish it. Mm-hmm. I like to say it this way. <clears throat> when you look ahead of you, when you're on the plan God has for you, and you look ahead of you. It can be looking like through an asteroid field. Does everybody, do you know what an asteroid, see if you haven't watched like Star Wars or different things, which I haven't watched for a long time, but like, you know what I'm talking about when I say an asteroid field? How many people know what I'm talking about? Okay, just quick picture, like think of a bunch of rocks or asteroids just, just floating all in front of you like a minefield only with rocks you can't really see a path through it they're just going like this so when you look all you see is a bunch of noise going in front of you you don't see a clear way through it but they're always moving now if you're going up to that you may see i'm i don't know there's any way through this but there is a thread through it if it's god There is a way through it that there's no way you could predict, no way you could see how to get to the other side. But all it takes is, you know, if you're going through something, let's say like this, and there's something ahead of you, but then that moves, and it looks like something's going to hit you, but it goes, there is a way that you could go through. When it's the plan of God, His grace has already paved the way for you to walk in that way. His grace has already paved the path. His grace has already made the way. What do we have to do? Believe that He's able to help us. You say, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Well, His resources are there to help you. You say, I don't have the ability. His, resor- his, his uh, He can equip you. That's why it's so important to be led. He'll equip you to get the job done. Well, I don't have the connections. He can bring you, somebody into your pathway. And so where you look, if you were to look ahead, you'd say, there's no way I can do that. But God, you start taking, I'm going to do, at your word, I'm going to do it. You start taking steps. Well, things, uh, resources, abilities, equipment, connections start coming to you to where when you get to, to the, the, play, the next place, you look back and say, I don't see how I could have ever done that. But as you go, God adds to you, He equips you, and you come through. We've had so many of those things happen in our life where we've said there's a way. Yeah. We were looking at a situation, and I looked at her. I'm thinking of one specific thing. I looked at her. Uh, you know, we were in our room in our two uh, chairs there, and I looked at her. And I said, there's a way. It's possible. And we didn't know how it was possible. But we just started taking steps and unbeknownst to us there was things coming to us resources abilities coming to us and we were able to keep stepping and that's the way so many things have been you don't see it but you start to walk with god enough you start to realize this is the way it happens his grace is sufficient to do what he's called you to do so what do we need to do believe him enough start stepping Listen to Him, be led by Him, and His grace is sufficient to bring you through where you didn't believe it was possible, and then He gets the glory, because you said you did not see it. That, in fact, half the things that you needed to get the job done, weren't even you didn't even know about them when you started. So there's no way it was, uh, it was you. You, you. You stepped out, and then you realized, well, I didn't know that was coming. I didn't see that. There's no way. I didn't know that that, was go- that person was going to be there or this was going to happen. And you get to the other side and go... God, you're so good. Yes. Wow. Yes. There's no way. Well, what is that? That's His grace. His grace is all. He already knows that. And how many times, I don't know if you've experienced that. I know we've had experienced it so many times that you get done, it, you realize, well, yeah, it looks obvious now. Right. If it, I mean, that was coming. Yeah, it's no break. Well, God knew that. So when He told you, He knows all that. Now, you don't. I don't. What do you have to do? You have to walk by faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, faith is the way you're going to access what He's already provided by His grace. He's already got it all figured out. He knows, he knows exactly the way to go. But we have to try. If you can see the way God sees him, sees situations, trusting him is infinitely logical. It is precisely what you ought to do because he sees perfectly. It is not just blind faith. It is trusting what he said to do. It's, you are trusting him and his word and his character that's upholding all things. And so it's not just picking something out of the air. It is putting your confidence on the word of God, which will not fail. And so it is perfectly logical. It is not illogical. Faith is not illogical. It is banking on somebody that knows much more than we do and never lies and never fails and is always right. And so when he says go and he says do this, you say, well, you must know more than I do. All right, here we go. And boom, 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 boom. Yep, you did. Now, I wasn't in the military, but I'll just give an illustration, you know, because it hurt enough to to say this. If if there was a ravine where some, some people were trying to navigate through and couldn't see everything and they couldn't see what was up in front and there was blockages, they can't see the whole path. But if there's somebody up with air support or there's somebody up at a higher vantage point where they can see everything and they say, go left here, go right here. If they trust Who is telling them they're going to do that because they know the other person sees more and they're relying on them, maybe with their very lives, to get them where they need to go. And when they get through, of course, they go, well, that was the right way. Well, the person with the vantage point knew that all along, Mm -hmm. all the time. God knows much more than that. So when He tells us, He knows, see, that's just spatial. He knows everything that's going to happen in time. He knows world... uh, uh, situations and circumstances and economies and every, you know, uh, events that haven't happened and stuff that nobody could possibly happen, when he tells us to do something, he's, he's knowing that these things are just gonna going to fall in front of us, not without believing, not without being led by what he's telling us to do, but if we'll trust him, he already knows these variables and how they're going to work out. So what do we do? We trust Him in His grace, what He's already put uh, in place by His grace we access through His faith, through our faith, and we walk then in that pathway. We couldn't have taken credit for it, but we're trusting Him. Lord, I don't know. Well, He knows that. It's not a bad position to be in a place where you're like, God, I, I don't know. That's what Paul was talking about. When you're weak, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. When I'm weak going, I don't have a clue. See, that's not a mission of weakness. You might have much knowledge, but you're saying, God, what you're showing me, I don't know. But I do know you. Here we go. When I'm weak, now I'm strong in you because I am not trusting in just what I can do. I'm trusting in what you can do. Okay, that's where he wants us. Now we're truly acting like his hands and feet. He's saying, "Now I'm your Lord. Now you do this. I already have everything determined. You just walk in my pathway. You trust me, and we'll get it done." And of course, he'll get the glory. One more verse as we close Romans 8:28. This will put this This will put this in the proper light. <clears throat> It says, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called, are the called according to his purpose. We know all things work for good to those who love God. If you're trusting him, if you're following him, if you're going after him, things will work together for your good. You couldn't see it happening and things, that doesn't mean all circumstances are always going to be perfect, but they will work together for your good. In other words, when you come out on the other end, it's good. to those who are the called according to His purpose. What do we talk about? You're walking according to His purpose. You're doing what He called you to do. You are yielding yourself to Him. So as you do that and put Him first, everything you need is on that track. The grace that He has, or the grace that He's provided in your life, it's it's available as we believe Him and we walk according to His purpose. That's why it is so important to stay on the path that God has for us, because that's the path where the grace is. The grace isn't on your path. It's not on my path. It's where He called us. And if we'll just do that and trust Him, stay in the place, stay in the position, stay on the path, stay connected with Him, well, you know that's a good path. You know the things... Anything, we'll work together for good. That means stuff, you reach a challenge, something comes against you, you know, this won't stand. I'm going over because I'm on his path. Lord, what do I do? Show me. Help me. I don't know how to deal with this, but you do. I'm going to be led by your word. I'm going to be led by your spirit, and you'll bring me over. You're faithful. He's faithful. Amen? Amen.